Well, welcome to the 90s. Uh, I don't know how that went for you the first time or if you've never experienced it, maybe. Maybe you, you were born after. But we as a church have been looking at different decades and trying to not just be a, uh, a product of whatever that was. And so every location, East, West, the fellows at RCMU, we've been going after decades. Here's why, very simply put, every decade has a vice, meaning it has a weakness of character. So whether you grew up in the 90s, liked it, frankly, that doesn't matter anymore. It affected you, and it affects today. In fact, if you think about each decade and, and the problems that it began to resolve but also create, it stacks on each other. So some of you are like, hated that era with all the different movies and, and TV and music. And I, I wanted to point out whether you love it or like it, we got to go through some of this. So let's get nostalgic for a second. And he, let me show you some, some 90s stuff that happened. Titanic. Any Titanic fans? Okay. Wow. Uh, all the way to that Lion King, Forrest Gump, great stuff. Okay. Maybe you're TV fans. I don't know if you remember any of the, the TV shows. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, what's interesting, I don't know if you've made this observation before, but TV changed in the 90s moving away from just being family-centric about, hey, here's this perfect family, let's watch them, uh, you'll notice it went more towards the single life. Begin to tell that story in funny ways. Fresh Prince being the best TV show of the 90s. Uh, Some of you have never seen it, sorry. Uh, Okay, okay, let's go back to to music. I don't know what you loved. Any, any, Any Boys to Men fans at all? I love you people. Uh, I mean, there's a mixture. You notice how in the 90s things began to really diversify. Like, we went from everyone's basically listening to the same stuff to now it's, I could just tell because I've already, well, we've sang a song and and I've shown you some and you're like, you you still, David, have not brought up the best music of all time in the 90s. And I know, so that's why we put this together to help you understand the 90s. Take a look.
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Your faces are priceless. I just want you to know. I don't know what you thought about the 90s, if you still listen to some of the music, watch the movies, or anything like that. But there were things that unfolded in the 90s that are more of the current event, the event moments that, that define not only then, but, but kept going. And I thought, here's, here's some of the, the, the moments I think you'll know. All i got to do is show you a white Bronco. And, and you know. You know all the details. If you don't, I don't know how you missed this. O.J. Simpson and what considered to have been one of the greatest running backs of all time, but no one knows him as that. Then race relations at a level that had not gone public went public. The Rodney King verdict happened. And, and I'm telling you, if you study this time frame, it got horrible. Riots and people literally hurting each other because of the color of their skin. And if you wonder if, if things have changed, yeah, but still. We wrestle with that. Of course, the president of, of the time, the, the decade, uh, you probably have an opinion. I'm not going to go here too much. But you know that uh, he had good moments and bad moments. And, and there were tons of things in the 90s that happened, but, but nothing more influential than the World Wide Web. If you don't know this, I know some of you are like, wait a minute. The Internet hasn't always been around. No. And if you don't know the history of the internet, I know Al Gore has taken credit for it, but what I can tell you is in the 90s, it went public. And the ability to actually go after information, to go across the globe in seconds, began to be something that was that could happen from your own home. You just had to dial up and, and go and, and actually access things. And uh, One of the experts of the time, said this, the potential of personal computers and the internet brought new promises of a better future. And, and I think that many of us might argue with this, but, but I think that, that the assessment was that if, if we could get online and access to the right answers faster, that's a better future. In fact, if you were in the 90s, that likely was the time that you may have gotten your first home computer. And it used to be something, maybe you just played a game on it or, or made a document, but then you could access all over. In fact, let me show you the numbers. I don't know if you know this about the Internet. In 93, this was est estimated that 90,000 people were online. Not a lot of people. By the end of the decade, the number changed. 250 million. Now, just so you know, because I know this will shock you, everything on the Internet's not true. Did you know that? So, if you go on the internet and you search these stats, you're going to find all kinds of stats. Some would say a billion people. Some would say 170 million. I don't know. I think so. This is a conservative, but we all can agree that's a lot of people. In one decade, went from not having access, or if you wanted, a, if you wanted an answer, if you wanted, if you wanted knowledge, you know what you had to do? Read a book. Or... or if you were in a conversation, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to, trying to remember this. And sometimes you wouldn't know the answer. You know what you did? You moved on and you just never had the answer. You're looking at me like, That's, that sounds like horrible. I remember a teacher teaching us, took us to the library, showed us the encyclopedias, and said, you're going to need to learn these. Little did she know. 
that by the end of the 90s, Google would be an option for you and I to find tons of horrible and good knowledge. Francis Bacon said this, knowledge is power. And the 90s went after this in an accessible rate where you and I, in a moment's notice, would have this, you want to know uh, how to do such and such or, or learn about something or, or, or know what's going on, you could just go right now to your computer and you could access it. That was brand new. And, and you'd think, wow, with all this information so readily accessible, we must have mastered life. No, <laughs> not at all. In fact, a book, that was, a book that was written near the end of this called The Information Age, given that we are in the midst of the information age, the fact that so many of us are uninformed has experts scratching their head. See, the 90s was incredible. In the 90s, all of a sudden, there was a vehicle to get the answer that you and I are looking for. The information that we need. But something happened bad. It, it, it broke. We gained information. But we lost insight. We didn't know what to do with it. We began to acquire information. We began to all of a sudden say, I got my answer. But even with all of the information there, it was so much information that we thought that's the answer. Just to have all of the information in one place. We didn't know how to use it. You and I have been here before where all of a sudden we begin to go after what's true. The problem is when there's multiple answers of what true is. You ever been there? It's called the internet. If you get a scratch and you go on the internet and say, I've been scratched, I wonder what I should do about this scratch. And the internet tells you that you're going to die in 24 hours. <laughs> right? You ever been there? See, that's, that's normal now. Where you and I go hunting for information and truth and there's blogs. There's articles, there's different news avenues where all of a sudden you and I can find multiple answers to the same question. The Bible predicted this, if you don't know this. Do you know the Bible a long time ago talked about that you and I would begin to hunt for our own version of truth? The one that resonated with us the most, where you and I would say, all right, here's what I want to believe. That, that feels the best for me. That, that fits my understanding of who God is or how life is or what, what it should look like. The Bible predicted, let me show it to you. Above all else, uh, above all, you must understand that, that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. We know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our Ancestors died. Everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget. I'll come back to that. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. Let me help you understand this. Deliberately forget. You know what it doesn't say? Accidentally forget. You got me? So deliberately, they decided... <laughs> That we would live in a time where you and I would look at truth, what we know to be true, and you and I would look at it and say, I want to deliberately not accept that. Uh, it sounds like today. Here's my 90s assessment. We began to rely on information we liked rather than information that was true. 
If you think I'm pointing judgment, I'm not. I struggle with this. Have you ever, have you ever looked at something and thought, um, I like that answer better than the other? As, as just a human being, have you ever looked at society and culture? And have you ever been in a situation where you're like, I don't like how this is. And so you need to know that today's culture has taken the information and said, well, then all you got to do is change the truth and make it your truth. The 90s is not bad, okay? The internet, for those of you who are hearing me wrong, the internet is not bad. But it brought us into a culture that I'm not sure that we knew how to handle. A, a bit of information that we were like, well, now we've got all this information, all these blogs, all these articles, and so we're picking and choosing, going, well, that sounds more like what I'd want, so that's my new truth. So when you decide the kind of person that you're going to be, have you ever thought about how you've decided that? When, when you're single and you're like, you know what, I want to I live life like I should as a single person, where are you getting the information on how to do that? If you're married and you're like, how do I like, have an awesome marriage? What's the, what's the best version of marriage? Where did you get what you're building that marriage on or going to build it on? If you're running your finances and you're like, okay, this is the way I'm going to do it, are you, are you just picking and choosing, going, that sounds neat and that sounds logical? And we begin to form our foundation and thing going, this is what I'm going to build my life on. My, my caution to you is this what if you're wrong? In fact, if you're wrong, you're not the first one to be wrong. In the Bible, there was something written in Romans that detailed a culture that decided to change their version of truth. Now, I need to caution you because I'm about to read to you what, what I just told you about. I don't know how you're going to hear it. I'm going to read to you a rather, a rather intense 15 verses in the Bible. And in fact, as I, as I read it to you, I'm going to keep this up on the TV because there's going to be moments that many of you, as I read it to you, you're going to be like, I don't like that. Some of you are going to say, hey, that affects me, what you just read. My question for you will be, what are you going to do with it? So I'm going to read it to you. But you need to know, we, we need, so this is what's called the, the Romans chapter one people. If you have your Bibles, you can look it up. I'm not going to put it on the TV. I'm just going to read it to you. It's, it's a ton of verses. But this is perhaps, this is perhaps not just for Romans chapter 1 people. Perhaps this is for, for our culture. I'll just read it to you. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because... He has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God. But they wouldn't worship him as God or even give thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of, of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise, 
they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people, birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who was worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with the men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. That's not the Old Testament. And my guess is that rocks some of your worlds. Because what I just read to you from the Bible is not the truth you believe. In case you missed what I really, really, really wanted you to hear. Romans 1.25, they traded the truth about God for a lie. I, I wonder, I wonder how many of us are here where we, we made a trade because we didn't like the truth that we found from a coworker or what culture tells us or what the internet tells us. And so we found a truth that was a bit more, well, more our kind of truth. I wonder if you've ever done that. Have you ever bought a lie because you got emotionally attached? Have you ever been to a place, a moment, where because you wanted to believe in a person, you just did because, well, they were a nice person or a good person or you were dating them and and because you hoped the best, that you, like your truth, what you were seeing, wasn't meshing with, with what you believed about them, but you kept believing that, right? Most of us have been there. Where, where out of emotion, out of hope, we, we traded. I did this in kindergarten, as early as kindergarten. Uh, let me tell you, you can enjoy this and share it with others and make fun of me all that you would like. Uh, when I was in kindergarten, I met my best friend. I don't know how your kindergarten experience was. Mine was awesome. I met my best buddy. He was in the next, he was the next cubby next to me. Now, I don't know if you remember kindergarten where you, you brought all this stuff and you had a coat hook and stuff and, and you'd show up with way too much stuff like you're going to sleep overnight there, but you just, you were there. And, and, and I met my best friend. And so at recess, 
We'd go out and pretend to be astronauts and police officers, and we'd scare the girls. It was awesome. Uh, and, and we just literally hit it off. Best buds. I don't know if you've ever had a best friend. Typically, if your best friend says, let's go do this, you just do it, and you think about the consequences later. Well, uh, I remember one time out in recess, we were playing and playing like we were astronauts. And I told him, I was like, I want to go to space. He's like, cool, guess what? I was like, what? My dad's an astronaut. Now, I, I was not putting the pieces together. We lived in, in Topeka, Kansas, where I don't think there are astronauts there. But um, I was like, are you serious? Yes, okay. Do you think your dad would let me go to space with him? Because that's how, I'm a kindergartner, by the way. Let's do this. And he's like, for sure my dad would let you go to space with him. But it's going to cost you. I was like, cost me, okay. So I went home. I didn't have money. I was a kindergartner. But I had something better than money. G.I. Joe guys. I, I grew up loving G.I. Joe guys. I don't, I don't, and I just, after school, would just go play with them. It was awesome. It was awesome. And I was like, oh my. And so I, I brought one of my G.I. Joe guys the next day to school to my buddy. I was like, I'm all in. Let's go to, let's go to space. And I gave him my G.I. Joe guy. He goes, You're, we're good. I'll tell you later when my dad's going to leave. I'm like, sweet. I was in kindergarten, just so you know. Well, time passed. I started to get impatient. I was like, hey, man, when are we going, when are we going space, right? He's like, well, it got delayed, and it's, you, you need to give me another toy. I'm like, that makes logical sense. Okay, okay. I mean, this, it's expensive to go to space if you did not know this. So I went home and got a Hot Wheel, my favorite Hot Wheel. I was like, this is a fair. So I gave him a Hot Wheel. Well, time passed, time passed, time passed. Last day of school came. I was like, hey, so we going in the summer? Like, when's, and he said, my dad canceled the trip. I was devastated. Now, some of you are like, where were your parents the whole time on this? <laughs> right? Well, I'd, I'd gone home, just so you know, told my parents, hey, guess, guess what I'm doing? I'm going to space. And they, like a good set of parents, said, no, you're not really. And that's when I started the phase of going, you don't know anything about life, mom and dad. I know it all. Some of you waited until your teenagers. I was in kindergarten. So oh, they, they tried to help. And my heart was broken. I'm 40 years old. And I can remember those kindergarten moments. Have you ever bought a lie that you thought, no way, there's no way, there's no way this can be untrue? Most of us, if I asked you to, would have to be like, how many times, right? We... The, you, you've been in a relationship that fell apart because someone wasn't who they were saying they were. And then the pastor gets up and reads something that you're like, what you just read, David, I saw you read it from the Bible. But that doesn't mesh with what I've been believing. That doesn't mesh with the information that I'm told from my friends or what's popular with me at school or what we talk about at work or doesn't, doesn't mesh with even my cravings, David. So the 90s introduced us to access to information all over the place. And what we didn't realize was, was the devil would take advantage of this. And the devil would put in front of you and I believable information that was in fact a lie. I don't want that for you. 
at risk of you leaving our church because I read something that you did not connect with. I've got to tell you those things. What's fascinating to me is some of us right now are, are leaning into just portions of what I read and have missed some of the other things. Do you see what our brains do to us? So here's what I can tell you, because you should be like, okay, if what I'm being told, if what culture's saying, if my friends are this, if it's wrong, if it seems to be changing, because it feels like that nowadays, where one day truth is truth, but then it's not. One day, coffee gives you cancer, the next day it gives you life, and you're like, I don't know what to do, right? You've been there. You've read an article that said, here's this, here's this, this is locked in, don't ever do this, and then the next day it's like, oh, we were wrong. And a lot of that seems with even broader things than coffee. We're like, so, so is there truth? Is there anything that doesn't change? Well, a ton of it changes. But there, there is absolute truth. There is truth that will not change no matter what culture or people's feelings ever do with it. It will lock in. It has locked in. It preceded you and I, and it will follow after us. It's locked in. You see, God is real. Whether you believe that or not, he is. Creation has revealed that from day one. He is so real, he does not change. And in fact, if you want to know about the unchanging God, the Bible will tell you it's his word. The Bible was not designed to say, hey, here's religion 101, go for it. It was, here's God's story because you need to know who God is. Many of us look at it so daunting. We're like, we don't even know where to begin and what's changed because some of, some of it was, was social rules. And like, oh, some of those social rules have changed. And how do we do this? I, I, can, I can take you to a place that is locked in and no matter what you feel about it, it's not changing. John 3, 16 and 17, I pulled it out of the message version just for some of you who are longtime church people. You're like, oh, I've heard this before. Well, maybe you haven't heard it this way. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, this is why, so that no one need to be destroyed. See, some of you are still wrestling with the 15 verses that I read to you that were rather intense. You're like, see, so God doesn't even love us. He sets up all these these standards and these rules. No, that's not true. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed by believing in him, not by being a perfect person, By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger. Let me address something. If if what you understand your role as a Christian is to point your finger at people, you need to know Jesus didn't even do that. The way to help people know who Jesus is is not to point at everything they've ever done wrong or are doing wrong. God didn't go in all the trouble of sending his son to merely, merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help. He came to help to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. And you can't change that, and I can't change that. And I'm so happy we can't change that. You know those 15 verses that I read to you that were rather intense and quieted everybody down, right? I didn't read to you what he launched all that intensity out with. It's back in Romans, Romans chapter 1. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. I'm not ashamed. I think we live in a culture now, there's a lot of Christians who are somewhat ashamed. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Jew first and also the Gentile. 
Let me sum up something that will never change whether you like it or not. God loves you so much. No matter what you've been doing, no matter what you will do tomorrow, you need to know that one of our values as a church is unconditional love. And I get pushback on that quite a bit going, I think God has some conditions. I'm going to tell you, no, he doesn't. If your version of love is a lack of punishment, you don't know what love is. Try parenting. No matter who you are, no matter what truth or lies you have bought, God loves you so much. And you didn't earn that. You didn't, you didn't put that together. You didn't find yourself in a situation where you've done so much good and you're so awesome or you came from a certain family where it just locks it in. No, just God loves you. So what do we do with this? How, like, okay, in a world that seems to be changing information, and where do you get what you, what you stand on? Let me, let me tell you three things the Bible states that do not change. The wrong information can hurt you. Can we all agree on this? The wrong information can hurt you. Step two, you are powerless to save yourself. Even if you try, even if you're good at being good, you're powerless to save yourself. So as sad as this all sounds, <laughs> the third part, God can save you. No matter how much money you have, power, authority, or how much of that you don't have, you and I cannot change this. This is not pop culture. This is not something new. This is ancient. This is what God established from the very beginning. So when you go about living your life, because that's the beauty of what we get to do, you get to choose how you live your life. You get to choose. Every single day, all the time. Choose, choose, choose. My, out of warning and love for you, may you... May you lean in to say, what are you building your life off of? What's that foundation that you're building it off of? And I tried to give you things that you would accept because they will not change on you or move on you. In fact, in fact, I wonder if there's some of us who have never accepted the truth in life of who God is and how much he loves us. So I wanted to leave some moments here for you to talk with God. That's it. So, so let's do this. Let me help you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And, and I just want to invite you. I mean, you've leaned in to spending some time with God. So let me encourage you to spend this time with God. Perhaps asking the question, God, have I been buying, living, telling a lie? I'll just give you a few moments. attitude with your heads bowed and eyes closed perhaps perhaps you've never asked God to actually come into your life to be a part of you to lead you with his truth his unchanging truth if you've never done that I can I can help you launch that that relationship that conversation you could just pray this silently to God he'll hear you God uh, I have bought some lies I have traded truth for some lies God, now I want your truth. 
So, God, come into my life. I surrender to you and your way. God, would you cleanse me of all sin? Would you just wipe it out, wash it away? I believe that your son came for me, died for me, rose back to life for me. God, help me to fight the lies. I give you my life. I follow you in your way. God, I pray for all of us. I would imagine all of us have had moments where we went after what sounded best, what felt right. Lord, if we have accepted a lie, would you reveal that to us? Would your Holy Spirit reveal that to us? And Lord, give us help in fighting whatever lies those are. God, I thank you for your Bible, your word. Thank you for that truth. Oh, I can't imagine life without it. God, thank you for it. Would you just guide us, God, especially the rest of this week. Help us to see you, lean on you, rely on you, to trust you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.